Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement. Welcome into another edition of the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover and myself to talk about popular rules of thumb. And should we follow these? Do we? Is there any merit to them? Is it worth it? Is it just more like a back of the napkin quick guideline? Uh, or do they actually use these things in strategizing and financial planning and guidance? So that's going to be the topic this week here on the podcast. We're going to go through a few of these popular rules of thumb. And maybe you know some of these, maybe you don't, but uh, it'll be fun along the way. Steve, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing well, Mark. Thanks. Yeah. You had a good week so far? So far, so good. Yeah, we're we winding down. Yeah. Rain. We got some rain finally and cooling down a little bit. Yeah, as you so. were going to say, this is going to be, uh, this is our late August podcast. So uh, we'll be winding down. Football's around the corner, man. So full-time football's around the corner. I know you guys are excited. My, my life starts to have meaning once football starts. <laughs> yeah, I figured that. My brother's the same way. He's like, oh, yes, it's so close. I can taste it. It's like, yep, there you go. Well, let's jump into these rules of thumb, my friend, and see uh, like, what I did is I kind of bookended it. I've got one at the beginning and the end that I think most of our listeners will probably have at least heard of, and then I've got a few in the middle that maybe not. And so I'm going to have you just kind of tell us what the rule is, and then what do you think about it? Is it got any merit to it? Uh, is it a decent guideline, or is it completely you know, just useless? That kind of thing. All right? All right. So rule of 100. Many people have heard what this is. Steve, break it down. Rule of 100 basically is a, a planning tool where you take 100 less your age, and that says how much you should have in risky assets, stock market for, the, for, the, for a lack of a better term. So in other words, if you're 50 years old, you should have 50% in the stock market, 50% in a uh, protected account. Now, that's not a hard and fast rule because each person obviously has a different risk tolerance, but it's a, a starting point. Uh, so you basically kind of do that and you kind of maybe ratchet it up. If somebody's a little bit more aggressive, you ratchet it down. If somebody's a little bit more conservative, but it's really just nothing more than a, a starting point to start to design a um, portfolio portfolio allocation. So if you're 60, uh, then basically it's saying, you know, you're minus 100. So you're saying 40% should be at risk is the idea, right? Uh, That's correct. It now, but somebody might that might feel like a little too much for them, right? They might say, "I don't want to have forty percent at risk in the market," and that's where you're talking about. Then you're going to ratchet it up or down depending on the type of person. So, is this a useful rule of thumb? Is it a good guideline to start, but not something necessarily for actual practice? No, it's a great tool to start with because most people you, you have to understand when things are going well in the market, people's risk tolerance tends to go up. Oh, we all like it, yeah. For, yeah, for a lack of a better term, our greed gets involved. So yep. we're, oh, it's going up. I got to make more, make more, make more. And then when things turn around like it did earlier this year, fear takes over. And and we start to go, oh, my God, I'm losing all my money that I made. And they start doing some, some poor decisions. So what this does is kind of give you a realistic allocation that you can start with. And you don't have to worry about greed kicking in. You just stick with an allocation that you've designed based on your risk tolerance and you let the markets work for you. So okay. you don't let greed take over and you don't let fear take over. All right. So there you go. So that's the rule of 100. All right. What is the 75% rule? Sometimes people call this the 80% rule, Steve. 
Yeah, 75%. Typically, what we're talking on that is that you're going to live off 75% of what your salary was in retirement. So if you made $100,000, you're going to live off 75. You, you could retire. live off 75, yeah. Right. And which is kind of funny is because I was just having this conversation with clients yesterday. I said, 99.9% of the people I work with, they spend almost the same amount of money that they spent when they were working as mm-hmm. they are when they're retired. Yeah. Because they want to keep the same standard of living. So it's it, this, this idea that you're going to live on less when you retire in the first, I'd say, 10, maybe 15 years of retirement probably isn't true. You're probably going to live off about the same amount. Or, or maybe to- more. You could make the argument, Steve, that it might be more than 100% of your income because you're, you're more active. You're wanting to like party in retirement, right? Yeah. I mean, look at it. Look at it this way. And this is what I told them yesterday. I said, look, let's say you work for 40 years. Mm-hmm. You went to work every day for 40 years. Now you've retired and you get to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Mm-hmm. You want to live on half of what you were earning back uh, when you were working, when you didn't have the flexibility, or do you want to keep the same standard of living when you're retired? And they all look at me and go, I want to keep the same standard of living. <laughs> right. I want to, I don't want, I don't want to reduce my standard of living when I retire, when I have the flexibility to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Yeah. I'm not interested in going backwards if I can help no. it. Right. Exactly. Right. So we always shoot for a hundred percent of what you're making. Yeah. You know, your lifestyle, a hundred percent of your lifestyle when you retire is what you're going to have, you know, when you were working. So if you were making a hundred, we're going to design a plan that you have a hundred when you're retired. Yeah. I think now, this is an older rule of thumb, Steve, you know, the, and we've heard for many years that, you know, it's kind of been the tried and true, like, well, you can get by on 75 or 80% of your salary. I definitely think it was something that might've been more accurate, you know, in years past, but certainly not within the last decade or so. I would agree. Now, kind of going back, you sure. can survive off 75% oh, of what you're making. Sure. Yeah. But, but it's not the goal. The goal is to, to, to live off or have the same standard of living in retirement as you did when you were working. Yeah. No, I would agree and, with that. Now, now, one of the issues is, is that that ultimately will change. You will peak. You will get to an age where you will be living off of less in retirement than you were when you were working. That simply happens with age. I mean, you get into your early 80s, you're probably yeah. not going to travel as much. You're right. not going to be able to do certain things that you normally were doing before. You slow down a little bit. Therefore, you don't spend as much money. And that ultimately happens. But I would say in the first 10, 15 years of retirement, what we plan on is you're going to have the same standard of living. Yeah. And this is not like, you know, you could say, well, I've got a pension so or something like that. Again, this this is a rule of thumb stating that you can get by on 75% as much income as you made when you were working. So no matter how the income streams are coming in, that was the idea. So I agree with I agree with you, Steve. I think it's an older type of rule of thumb. I don't think it's as accurate anymore, but it's also kind of a sliding scale, as we just kind of pointed out. Maybe early on, it's more 100% or more. And then as you're moving through retirement, then maybe it does kind of slide down to, to that 75% number. So again, rules of thumb can be just, they're just guidelines. They're just kind of, I think for a lot of these, it's just kind of quick back of the napkin, having a conversation, get you in the ballpark, but then you really need to fine tune it all clearly. Definitely. Uh, okay. So with the rule of 72, it's it's really kind of more math, right, Steve? So uh, just kind of break this one down for us a little bit. But this is that taking the interest rate, your money can double kind of thing. Um, and a lot of advisors actually use this because it's not necessarily a rule of thumb. It's actually just, again, math. It's pure math. Everything, if you earn 7% on your money or 7.2 technically, your money will double. 
in 10 years. Right. So it's kind of a, it, it's just a way of, of saying if we can earn reasonable rates of return over time consistently, your money is going to double. Now, with where we are right now, I'm going to throw a different one at you. One of the problems we have right now is okay. high inflation. Sure. So it works the same way. Um, if we have inflation running around eight and a half, nine percent, that means prices, what we pay, are going to double anywhere from eight to nine years. So that is a big problem. Yeah. And going forward, because that inflation tends to be compounded. So all you have to do is go look at what things cost 15 years ago. And they're significantly higher now. So the rule of 72 works for growing your money, but it also works on how things get more expensive, which tend to happen more consistently because you aren't going to earn 7.2% every single year compounded, but we could have high inflation every single year and it compounds. Mm hmm that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't even think about that because because you could take the interest rate, you know, seven point two is the ten years. Obviously, you could say something like if it's a six percent, you know, interest rate that you're they're making back in, then it's twelve years, right? So right. It, you could just use the number, move it around, and you can kind of get the idea that within this frame reference, you're going to double your money, uh, you know, depending on what your interest is that you're making on on the investments. But that's a great point about the uh, inflation kind of. Chewing into that, so uh, is it something that you use? Is it something you find useful? I don't really, frankly, I don't use the rule of seventy-two too much. Okay, uh, on that, we're not trying in that respect, trying to double money. We're trying to get reasonable rates of return. Ours is all focused in on income. So gotcha. what we probably what I what I do more often than not is inflate the amount of money you're going to need every year mm -hmm. by higher than normal inflation, and then we try to match. Uh, income producing assets to generate that income for you. Gotcha. Okay. So, so it's not looking at, because here's the deal. You could double a pot of money. Right. Um, but is it generating the income you need to live on? Because all anything in retirement is all based on income. End of the day. That's right. Yep. That's it. It's not how big your pot of money is. It's how much income you're deriving from that pot of money. And so that's the whole key to the whole thing. Yeah. And inflation is going to eat away at that buying power, that money you got coming off those uh, assets. And if they're growth assets and you have a turn in the market, inflation still keeps going, but your value of your portfolio goes down. So if you're living off of the, the growth of the portfolio to meet your needs, and we have a year like we've had this year, and you don't have the kind of income coming off of it, you're going to start to see a real problem because inflation's going up, the value of your portfolio is going down. You don't have the gain in those portfolios to live off of. So you start tapping into probably your principal. Yeah, that's a great point as well. So yeah, and again, rules of thumb, they're they're kind of in, you know quick for some th references, but at the end of the day, uh, every situation is going to be different. And, and of course, you're talking about income. Obviously, income is king, and having sustainable income uh, is the big deal. Getting you know through retirement, you want to have knowing it's there. You know whether you're seventy or eighty or eighty five or whatever it might be. So yeah, income it it, it retirement's nothing more than income. It's all about income in retirement. Yeah. Um, and I have this issue with Gotta some people paychecks, when, they right? talk, when they talk about net worth, you know, mm -hmm. they, the, 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 some people who don't understand how things work, they'll talk about somebody who has a huge net worth, but they're having a cash flow problem. Well, that's, you know, this, this happened back years ago with the Kansas City Royals. We had an owner who was part of the, the, the Walmart. He used to be a CEO of Walmart. He okay. bought the Royals. Right. And he had several, you know, $100 million plus 
in net worth. You know, he was quote a billionaire because the Royals became you know a, a billion dollar business. Right. And they kept saying, "Well, you need to spend more money because you're a billionaire. You know, you got a net worth. Well, net worth does not translate into cash flow. He may have had a net worth of a billion dollars, but the Royals weren't generating. The team itself wasn't generating enough income from ticket sales, merchandising, parking, etc., to generate enough income to pay players. You know, fifty million dollars a year to play baseball." $20 million a year to play baseball. So that's the same with, with a portfolio. You may have a big portfolio, but if it's not generating income, you just have a big portfolio. And again, it's all about cash flow. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, that's going to play right uh, well into my last one here, Steve, which is one that everybody knows is the 4% rule. Uh, and that's really talking about, well, the portfolio. So taking the big amount and then pulling a percentage out of it. Uh, we've Most of us have heard this. And there's, you know, it's decent, I think, for a quick reference, but I don't think it's as accurate as it once was. And, and it's just a quick guideline. So give us the 4% rule and your take on it. The 4% rule basically says you take what your pot of money is worth and you go 4% and that's how much you can you can pull out safely yeah. and not run out of money. E- easy math, we'll say a million dollars, so it's 40 grand a year. 40,000 a year. Right. You saved a million dollars, you get you can take out 40 a year and you'll, you know, you'll never run out of money in theory. Well, in it's a rule of thumb, yeah, but it's a rule of thumb that that gets kicked around. When the market's doing great, the rule the 4% rule uh, is more six or seven percent because the market's <laughs> going up, and now you can pull out. You're growing at seven. You can pull out six, and you're you're okay. Right. Again, it's pulling out growth, not income. So we're talking about growth. Then, when the market starts to turn bad, you start getting articles saying, "Well, it's really not the four percent rule. It's usually the two percent rule." Yeah. So it's a it's a it's kind of a rule of thumb. But if you structure your portfolio properly, you don't have to worry about it because you properly structure it to generate income out of the assets that you have is probably going to be more than 4%. That's what what I aim for. I'm aiming for 5 to 6% of the assets coming out just in income. So whatever I've got invested in is going to generate anywhere from 5 to 6% in income. Well, and Steve, this is a guideline. And again, it, it might be fine. So, you know, earlier I mentioned somebody with, so let's say 40 grand a year, our example we put together. Uh, if you've got a pension, you know, let's say, and, you know, and your social security, this, you know, 40 grand a year every year might be, you know, plenty. Or, and you, or you may not even need to take 4% because it's getting done because you have the pension. But for many of us who don't, right? So it's like, okay, no, I, I do need to pull more out. I do need 4% or 5%. And so, you know, it runs into, again, it's like a sliding scale. It's it's decent to give you a frame of reference, I think, but ultimately you've really got to dive in t- with it um, for your individual situation. Definitely. And, and the other part is, is that the fact that people will go, well, I got a million dollars saved. I'm a millionaire. But, but where's it at? Because you might not have well, a million. And it's all in a retirement account. You've never paid taxes on well, it. So you, really, yeah. in effect, you might have 600000 because the other 400000 is going to go away in time in taxes. And now you got, what, twenty four grand a year. Right. Yeah. So now, you, now you've got to you know, get into the fact that you don't have that much money. You know, you got a million. That's great. I mean, that's that's a. I'm not scoffing at that. I'm just saying the perception that I got a million dollars, I can live off of more. I can take out more than forty thousand a year. Right. Well, it depends on how you haven't invested. In some cases, you can't. Some cases you can't. Well, that's right back to your point about that network. So you've got that nice large round number. That's a very sexy number, million dollars. But will it sustain you if you are pulling four percent? for, you know, let's say 30 years. 
Yeah. And what if you have it in a in a growth related portfolio and you get hit one year on a 30 percent loss? And now well, you got to take the money out and send some of the government. Right. So you could really start to chip into that thing. Sure you can, because when you reach 72 and it's in an IRA or 401k, um, you're going to be required to take out a minimum distribution, which is just under 3.8%. Mm-hmm. But we're getting into that 4% range. Once you reach your later 70s, it's now over 4%. Yeah. So you're going to get hit with the 4% rule on that kind of money, no matter what. Um, and if you have a 30% drop in the market and you have to take 4% out, you know, that's that that starts to kill the value of the portfolio. That's why income producing assets are so important in a retirement portfolio. Yeah. So end of the day, rules, rules of thumb, Steve, uh, decent for back of the napkin guidelines, but not necessarily for actual planning. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're just a, there's nothing wrong with the guidelines, but you each person's situation is totally different. So you have to you have to kind of take those and just kind of meld them to whatever you're, you know, whoever you're talking to and however it's going. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, well, as we wrap up this week, anything that we, uh, you'd like to send out uh, folks who are interested in picking up a copy of this month's white paper or anything like that, what do we got going on? It's the inflation one. I'm, still, I'm, yeah, it's still there, right? So we had a, a number come in or what last week where inflation came from nine, one to eight, five. That still says inflation's running at eight and a half percent. It's not that inflation has gone away. Like, People in Washington are trying to tout inflation is still here and it it's just didn't still grow very anymore. high. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't grow, but it's right. still here. Yeah. And all you got to do is go to the grocery store and see how much things are going up every single day. Yep. So, yeah, gasoline prices have come down, which is good. Um, unfortunately, that's not because of an increased supply, that's because of decreased demand. So, as soon as you know we get a shift in demand, you're going to start to see uh, prices go back up which means the inflation is going to come back around. So it's just at eight and a half percent. So it's not going away. It hasn't, you know, they may have said it peaked, but it's still here. And that my white paper on inflation really kind of helps uh, give you an understanding of that. Okay. So if you like a copy of this white paper on inflation this month here on the podcast, it's complimentary to get a copy of that. Just shoot Steve an email and request that. He can send that over to you. Uh, Steve H at wealthpartnerscorp.com. That's Steve H at wealthpartnerscorp.com. Uh, you can stop by the main website, obviously, as well. And um, you know you can book some time with Steve. There's lots of good things you can do. Subscribe to the podcast. If you know you need some help, uh, the white paper is a great start, but also just really getting onto the calendar for a complimentary review goes a long way as well, or even a second opinion. So if you're not already working with him, consider doing so. Stop by his website, wealthpartnerskc.com. That's wealthpartnerskc.com. Thanks for hanging out, Steve. I always appreciate your time, my friend. I hope you have a great week. Thanks, Mark. You too. Yep. And I'll see you next time a little later in September. So by then, we'll see how the season has kicked off in the NFL and maybe have something to grumble about. We'll see where it's at. (laughs) Sounds great. (laughs) We'll talk to you next time, my friend, right here on The Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.